0: If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.
1: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
0: It's about us wanting equal rights, understanding, our place as young black men, because it's hard being black out here right now. It is tough, you know what I mean? Uh, I want to be that voice for people like George Floyd, George Hill, you know, Arthur Sterling, guys like that. Uh, This is a big step for all of us. You know, I'm happy to see blacks and whites out here together, you know, doing this. This is a a wonderful thing. And the biggest thing, I I didn't grow up, you know, uh, being racist, or my parents teaching me racism. For number one, we got to stop that, that's bad, man.
2: (laughs) You got to. Leonard Fournette on the steps of City Hall on Tuesday morning as the Jaguars continue to be front and center when it comes to sparking change, at least from an NFL standpoint, uh, with some of their players uh, on Friday and then on Tuesday, many players out there Friday, many players again out there yesterday as well. Uh, And that, of course, followed the op-ed from Jaguars owner Shad Khan, uh, which is now a week ago. Lots happened in a week. And you know, when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh and the and the movement that is happening uh right now. Brent Martin, of Austin Lane Coos here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on uh ESPN six ninety. Uh, I want to give you a little programming note, by the way, Our Action News Jack, CBS forty seven and Fox thirty in, in coordination with uh one oh four point five W O K V tonight at six o'clock uh the title of the show is Time for Change, Racism, Policing, and Reform in Jacksonville. Uh, it'll be a half-hour special. Uh, Tanika Hughes and Rich Jones uh, will co-host, so you can uh, check that out uh, for more on CBS 47, Fox 30, and, of course, 104.5 WOKV. You know, I was saying uh, it's raining right now, and my allergies are going nuts in the last, like, two hours. <laughs> and I might be the only person on the planet. Uh, maybe others are like this that when it's about to rain or when it rains is when my allergies get the worst it's insane it's really bizarre it's not, normal. it's not like i don't get allergies like when it doesn't rain or it's not like i always get allergies when it does yeah. but they are at its worst when it, it's about to rain or, or raining, it's bizarre.
1: So you're saying if you had to go cover the Seahawks, it would be like your death sentence, basically.
2: It would, unless they don't have, like, a lot of pollen or okay. whatever I'm allergic to. Like, this isn't really cold. pollen right now, I don't think, uh, but it's <laughs> no, probably, Brent, like... it's rain. Trees. That's all it is. It's just rain right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm allergic to rain. <laughs> H2O. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's bizarre, though. Like, it doesn't seem... Most people, they say, washes away, right? And so you do okay. Yeah, that's what I would think. At the
1: allergies today, you're a weird cat, Brent Martino.
2: When uh, going into the when we come out of the last break, Austin looks at me. He's like, "You're gonna be all right today."
1: He <laughs> <laughs> well, always asks me that when I'm coughing or something. I can ask it back to him.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll make it through. Yeah, we'll push through. Like I said, start the show. A little adversity, man. Nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> man right? <laughs> uh, hey, think about the great quarterbacks right now in the NFL. You, you think obviously Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, right? Drew Brees. Uh, What would you say is the next big thing in the NFL when it comes to quarterback? Okay, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take him out. Sure. Who is really the next big thing? Take the old guys out of the equation. And Russell Wilson, by the way, is not old. Uh, But, you know, the, the, the old guard, if you will. Those guys have been good for a long time. Yeah. Who's the next thing? Is it Carson Wentz? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Lamar Jackson here to stay? Mm -hmm. People are in love with Kyla Murray right now and think this thing's going to work. I don't think people would fall into that trap with a Derek Carr or Jared Goff or any of those guys. You could say Tua is the next guy coming in. Joe Burrow could be the next big thing, and he could have instant impact. Or you might even think, look out for Trevor Lawrence. It's such a lock for Trevor Lawrence to be the next big thing. That that's going to happen. That's kind of what I'm looking for. That's the context of it. So it could be any. uh, You know, listen, I understand you could name five guys that have had good seasons. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes is it. Patrick Mahomes, in his first two years that he's really played in the NFL, has been unbelievable. He's been an MVP, and he's won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He's everything. And and he's that guy. He's really, even with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, still in the league, he's the face of the league. Mm -hmm. Fair enough? Fair enough. Who's going to join? Is really the question.
1: Yeah, you can take this a couple ways, right? Where when I think dynamic game changers, when I think the future of the NFL, I immediately go towards the dual threat quarterback. Okay, I go to the guy that can get it done with his arm primarily, but if it comes down to it, he can get it done with his footwork as well. Obviously, you're Russell Wilsons. Obviously, you're Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, and obviously, you're Deshaun Watsons. I mean, what, what would you say – is Deshaun Watson
2: too old yet, Brent, or, or is he capable of being the next big thing? I think he could still establish himself. You know how I feel about Watson. I think sure. Watson's good. I think he's overrated at times. I, I don't know if he's been as good as everybody talks him up to be, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, he might be like – Kyler Murray might soon be that if yeah, he yeah. doesn't have a huge year this year. But uh, – but anyway, so, I think Watson would be an okay one. I mean, listen, Watson's like twenty six years old. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Wentz fits in the category. Wentz has Wentz has been good. He has been on the verge, but he hasn't delivered mm-hmm. a lot of it because of health. Yeah. You know, is he that guy? Is mm-hmm. is he the Aaron Rodgers to the Tom Brady of uh Patrick Mahomes? See,
1: Aaron Rodgers is kind of the outlier for me because Aaron Rodgers has the capability to make any wide receiver legit, okay? I mean, we had Al Mazard last year, you know, putting up pro Bowl type of numbers just because Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball. So, like, I guess what you're asking me right now is, do I see another Aaron Rodgers? Do I see another guy right now that is, you know, poised to say, you know what, no matter who I throw to, they're going to be a better receiver. And to be fair right now, when I go down the list, I don't necessarily see that type of quarterback, okay? If I was going to name two guys that are poised to be like the next breakout stars, I'm still going with Lamar Jackson 10 times out of 10, okay? Because I understand – Is last year going to be the gimmick? Is last year going to be kind of like the Rams were a couple years ago, where it was this crazy offense, nobody saw it, but eventually the book was out and the Rams got figured out, basically. right? And all of a sudden Jared Goff looked very, very pedestrian. And all of a sudden, all the money that Jared Goff is getting, it's like, you're paying him that much for to do that? Excuse me? With that being said, the Ravens are built differently. Because, yes, Lamar Jackson has to be more of a pocket quarterback this year. There's no doubt about it. Yes, Lamar Jackson is not going to be able to rely on Nick Boyle and not going to be able to rely on Mark Andrews the entire time this season because teams will take that away. That's what the Titans did in the playoffs. So they're going to have to rely on their wide receivers such as Marquise Brown, such as Miles Boykin, such as Chris Moore, and obviously a solid running game with Mark Ingram. But to me, the difference between what the Rams were a couple years ago when they were up on all cylinders and what the Ravens are, that the Ravens had the defense to back up Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are going to be very stout on defense this up-and-coming year. And whenever you have a defense and a run game that can coincide with a quarterback, well, you got something special. So I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is going to break all these passing records, is going to break all these passing yardage records to his wide receivers. But what I'm saying with his skill set and the team that he has around him, I think Lamar Jackson, obviously coming off an MVP year, can do it again.
2: I have this... Uh... Um I have this thing about Lamar Jackson where he's he was so sensational last year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on my fantasy team, so I didn't fall in love with him like you did. <sighs> but it was good. I, I seriously asked the question though. I, I I just put this on social media. Like which younger QB will be kind of we'll be talking about with Patrick Mahomes as like that co face of the NFL. Uh, and, and again, like I think Russell Wilson fits the category with Brady and with Rodgers and with Breeze and those guys. Like He has performed at that kind of level. He doesn't get to love those guys. No, and especially of course, he's a the, lot
1: younger. But especially to the weapons that he had around
2: him. I well, mean, and that's what I would say to what you said. You said Aaron Rodgers does that with receivers. Well, Brady has two over his career. There are times that he has had nobody that he's throwing. I mean, you couldn't even name the guys he had thrown. <laughs> and and it's, it hasn't always been Gronk and Moss and Edelman. You know, I mean, there's no, always been one guy like let's that. Let's be
1: honest. But, it, it was a bunch of rejects from hard knocks. It was Chris Hogan, yeah. right? It was even yeah. Danny
2: Amendola. Like, yeah, guys and even if you that, go way back, it was David Patton. It yeah. was it was Troy Brown. I mean, they were good. They were nice players. I'm not yeah. discounting them, but they weren't But stars. they were going to cut it on every other team in the NFL. And Russell Wilson has done the same with his receiving core, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, Tyler Lockett, good
1: receiver, not bad. And, you know, uh, Curse is okay. DK Metcalf took a big split this year, but Still.
2: All things considered and a pretty bad offensive line to boot. Yeah, I'm not say like I said, I I just feel like they're in those categories together. You know, yeah. Rodgers, you're right. He hasn't had the weapons that, you know, he'd be at the top in mm-hmm. terms of not having weapons, but those other guys aren't far behind. They make those guys better. Correct. No doubt. There's no question in anybody's mind. Yep. So from your standpoint, who does that, who will do that? Um I, I just I do wonder about Lamar Jackson if we fell in love with him too soon. You know, he I, I, I had an unbelievable year. They surprised everybody. And I, in, in fairness, you brought it up, too. Like, OK, are people going to figure out that offense mm-hmm. a little bit like they did golf? I don't think it will be that drastic. I I, I think he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to crown him as a great quarterback. It, it, it's elite quarterback for the next 10 years. And I don't know what it is about me that does that. Uh, I just I'm not there. Like Mahomes, you know it. you see it. It's there, sure. man. You know, you could say, well, shoot, man, anybody could throw to the, all those weapons. I get it. But you can still see it with Mahomes, man. There is something special about it. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson has these special moments, and and he he really wow's you sometimes too. And it was just an incredible year. I just feel like I got to see it again. I, I sure I really well, do yeah. to to believe it. Uh, and and in fairness to that argument, I mean we've seen it now for two years from Mahomes, so I have mm-hmm. more of a sample.
1: Well, when and, it comes and keep to in it. mind, Brent, when we talk about Lamar Jackson. You're talking about a guy who was going into his third year now. His first year, Flacco goes out probably. I think it was week nine, week ten. And Lamar Jackson strings together, like, five straight wins, six straight wins, leads him to the playoffs, and then he goes from there. And then his first season as, you know, a bona fide starter for a 16-game season, he becomes an MVP, you know? So he's still young, yeah. and, and he still he's still on the Mahomes track. yeah, And he still has to develop. I mean, literally the only thing that I'm worried about for Lamar Jackson right now is obviously the the, the wide receiver um options that he has. Like, yes, a Hollywood Brown could take the next step forward and be the next big thing, but can he stay healthy? And besides that, they didn't really address a lot of needs. Like, to me, you have to have that bona fide receiver. And hopefully Hollywood Brown can be that for Lamar Jackson, but I'm not positive
2: yet. All right, so we really haven't answered the question. So who fits in the category? Who is the guy? I mean, you you kind of – okay, Lamar
1: could be the guy. And and, you know how I feel about Kyler Murray as well. And it's nothing against Gardner Minshew because I think they're very comparable. I just think right now with where the Cardinals sit in terms of talent, once again, I think the Cardinals have a lot more talent in offense than Jacksonville Jaguars do let me ask you this though yeah. i
2: I will give you a bump for for Kyla Murray in Arizona this year they yeah. have DeAndre Hopkins yeah my kind of the nature of this question is do you see Kyla Murray the next five years being one of the faces of the NFL do you think he's going to do it year in year out grow you know and, and be this star for the mm-hmm. next five to seven to eight years. Because that's the nature of the question. I I think you could see that more Lamar Jackson right now. Um, I've got definitely a big curiosity when it comes to Kyle Amore.
1: Um I think he can be a star, okay, honestly, because I know what the NFL's into right now. And the NFL's is into the, the, the new school era of, you know, scrambling around and watching these highlight, you know, catching first downs, if you will. Like, listen, Matthew Stafford last year had some of the best numbers of any quarterback, okay, in terms of QBR rating. He was fantastic last year. Nobody cares about Matthew Stafford. No. Nobody's talking about Matthew no. Stafford at all. And guess what? Their offense this year not too shabby. Okay, and, and I talked about it before, but I think their um, their offense could be actually take some people by storm and and be dominant. But no one's talking about Matthew Stafford. And do you know why? What well, he throws what. 50 times a game, you should be talking about him. Because he doesn't really bring that highlight factor. He he doesn't necessarily bring, you know, the, the scramble for 10 yards, make a guy miss, juke yeah. another guy out of his shoes, and then
2: throw a touchdown. It's hard to he see on bring TV that. that a guy's got a rifle arm. Very exactly. few throws, very few plays will show you that just... The, you, know, you know, Matthew Stafford to me is like the Jim Furyk of the nfl <laughs> furek has been an unbelievable career sure he's he's had these great moments shot a 58 shot a 59 he's, he's the ultimate check casher yeah. i mean he's a top five guy top 10 guy but few people will talk about him in terms mm-hmm. of the history of the game or this this era of golfer they mm-hmm. really do they, they lose track of him but go look at the resume it's unbelievable yeah stafford kind of reminds me of that he will get lost in this era of quarterbacks one because he hasn't won big mm-hmm. and two because he's not a flashy guy Yeah. So,
1: I'm still going Kyle Murray, but once again, like, I'm giving it the Aaron Rodgers' effect. I don't think Kyler Murray can go on any single NFL team and immediately elevate them. To, yeah, me, it, 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 to me, it's more of the product of his environment right now. With the Kingsbury offense, it's supposed to be the next big thing. With Hopkins, with Andy Isabella, with a vet like Larry Fitzgerald, with a solid running game with Kenyon Drake. like He's got all the pieces to be successful. Now, you put Kyler Murray on any team, do they get better? No, but I just think right now, with, with, where Kyler Murray's at, he's going to be successful. The other guy I'm going to keep an eye on and Jaguars fans probably won't like this, but I think Deshaun Watson. Because this is the ultimate year to find out what Deshaun Watson is really made of. Because if you look at that roster right now, obviously you lose one of the top wide receivers in the game. And let's be honest, they said, what, 70% of the passes went to uh, DeAndre Hopkins, something like that from Deshaun Watson?
2: the targets, I think, yeah.
1: That's insane. Yeah. Okay, so that that's gone now. And let's be honest, in terms of their wide receiving room right now, it's downgraded. Okay, like, yeah. Can Brandon Cook stay healthy? We'll see. Can Kenny still stay healthy? We'll see. Can Will Fuller stay healthy? We'll see. There's a lot of just question marks right now that you shouldn't feel too confident with. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, really, to be fair, hasn't been himself since Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he goes to Dallas. Didn't really do that much in Dallas. I think he tore the Jaguars apart, didn't he? Or was that? No, that was Cole Beasley. That was Beasley. Cole Beasley. Sorry. But um Randall Cobb hasn't, you know, necessarily been... I haven't
2: heard Randall Cobb's name since the Jaguars were interested in grabbing him from yeah, Green yeah. Bay. That exactly. Was, you know, sometimes you miss on guys and don't get sure. guys and you're happy about it. That was good. I think Cobb's one of those. And once
1: again, go show you just how good of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. Right? So my point is, we got Brandon Cooks, you got Kenny Stills, you got Randall Cobb, you got Kiki Kuti, and we'll call Will Fuller. Okay? It's a bunch of question marks right now on your offense. And if Deshaun Watson is truly... Because Deshaun Watson's funny to me, right? Because people always say, like, the guy's elite already, and the guy's, like, poised to take the next big step. Well, if he can somehow win games with this roster right now and that personnel, to me, then he's going to be elite, and he's going to be the next big thing.
2: Yeah, this will be a good year to show it uh, yeah. in that respect. All right, I'm going to give you two guys. You got? Yeah, give me. Yep. And, and they're more of the – one guy I think is legitimate. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, this isn't like – I haven't been a huge, like, believer in him. But he's got a chance to join the ranks, especially with what's around him Mm -hmm. and going forward. He's going into, if not the prime of his career, very close to the prime of his career. And that's Dak Prescott. Interesting. You know, Dak Prescott, if he is the guy and takes the step to be the guy in Dallas Mm -hmm. with Ezekiel Elliott and with Amari Cooper and and now with, uh, what's his name, CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. And he's going to be a $40 million quarterback guy or close to it. Well, now he can be easily thrust into the Patrick Mahomes face of the league because you're in the Big D, man. Sure, I mean you can easily do it there. America's team, quote unquote. Here's your sleeper pick, and I would once again, Daniel Jones. This is why it's a sleeper, and I don't think uh, I'm not bought. Well, by the way, I do think Carson Wentz could fit in this category. Sure, can he stay healthy? Yeah, in in Philly, it's it's a it's a. It's a crazy division of quarterbacks there in the NFC East, if you think about it in, yeah. in the context we're talking right now. Uh, but Wentz is on the bubble, well, man. Wentz yeah. is so close to being that. Yeah. But it's just he's got to stay healthy, and he's got to kind of take that next level. It's going to be really hard for Wentz to take the next level with the idea that Nick Foles is the guy that won you the Super Bowl. Yeah, and what
1: we're talking about last year too. I mean, the Eagles made the playoffs, and I think they had fullbacks play wide receiver at some point in the season. They did. Right? They, they, they had so depleted. many
2: injuries. Yeah, decimated yeah. by injuries last year. And Carson Wentz did good, so he's a good player. Yes, I don't know if he's a great player. Mm-hmm. That's the point of this conversation. Sure, you know, and he could easily become, again, with Mahomes, this next face of the of the NFL. Yeah, uh, with those guys, the sleeper pick here, mm-hmm. to me, could be a Teddy Bridgewater. Because we have no idea about the guy, we really don't. Like we, uh, people were lukewarm. Uh, again, this isn't me advocating that he's going to be the guy. I just mm-hmm. say he's a sleeper because he could be in that kind of like. Some people thought he was really good coming out. Mm-hmm. Some people like me were like, eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He gets picked." He gets a big injury. Like even when he early on, he was
1: he was good. He was good. I had a really good that one season in Minnesota. He was fantastic. He He was
2: good. It wasn't like he was. He didn't feel like an elevator, though. You know, Mm. he he felt like. Game manager kind, mm-hmm. almost the way Dak Prescott kind of feels. Like does Dak Prescott feel like he's in, he's elevating them at yeah. times, or are they just good and he's kind of the facilitator of it? Sure. You know, as sure. A, Russell Wilson has felt like he's in, he elevates them to correct. this next level. One we can make
1: an argument that Kirk Cousins is the same thing, where he just kind of he kind of maintains plateau That's like yeah, it's yeah, he's so surrounded so by the, talent. That doesn't
2: mean you're bad, by the no, way. I no, mean, Kirk Cousins got great numbers. We're talking about being an elite and and being in the face of the the NFL. Correct. So, Bridgewater's interesting because he he did win games. He's now learned a lot. He Mm -hmm. sat behind Breeze. He was with Peyton. They're not ready to make this kind of move, I think. But we could find out over the next two, three years that he could get pushed into that stratosphere if he's really, really good. So. I think he's a a super sleeper pick. I'm not predicting that. I think Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz could easily get in that category. In fact, I would take my bets with those guys before I would even go Lamar Jackson, Kyla Murray, or even Deshaun Watson, because I think there are more X factors around those other guys that you have to say, okay, what if, what if, what if? Um, and Lamar might be the exception of that because he's well, got a pretty stable with Harbaugh. They've sure. got a pretty good nucleus of players. But obviously next factor could be an injury too, right? Because any guy They're likes exposing to run a lot, themselves. you're exposed. But then what that would bring in the Wentz, Wentz true, you know, because he's had yeah. been injured. That's a good point. Uh, but, but anyway, so the nature of the conversation is, okay, we already know Patrick Mahomes is there who's going to join him because yeah. usually that happens as eras errors go along, somebody else joins him, mm-hmm. you know, even Tiger, as great as he was, it's the Tiger and Phil, mm-hmm. and for a while, it was Ernie else, you know well, in this era of quarterbacks, there's been Todd Brady, Aaron rodgers, Russell Wilson, drew Brees, there was Peyton Manning involved too. Well, what's that next step and and no doubt Patrick Mahomes is in it he's already there, he's already there. Who else is going to join? What two, three, four other quarterbacks? Uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson, Kyle Murray, Deshaun Watson. I mentioned Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and and Teddy Bridgewater is like my sleeper guy. Yeah. It's not. It's probably. Chances are, it's probably not going to be all of those guys. Uh, but it could be two or three of them.
1: Let's get into the guy that I kind of I think really started this conversation in the first place, and that kind of sparked this whole debate here. A guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. What am I missing with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because you go to the Super Bowl last year. You obviously still have a very strong running game. You have a great offensive line. You've added pieces in with the wide receivers and everything like that. And you obviously have one of the best tight ends right now in the game, assuming that they bring him back, George Kittle. What am I missing with Jimmy Garoppolo?
2: You know, it's a really great point, and we probably shouldn't have. You're right. Part of the reason we did bring it up is because of the Garoppolo. And Shanahan recently said, this guy could be one of the all-timers. Yeah. You know, if he takes the step. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of paraphrasing. And maybe his biggest weapon, you know, we thought McVeigh was his genius. Yeah. The guy that doesn't get enough credit for maybe being the offensive wizard mm-hmm. is Shanahan. And so he might be in that kind of good situation. And they've obviously built a pretty good football team around him on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Can they keep it going? That will be a curiosity of mine this year. Mm -hmm. I think even when we did our big storylines 100 days away from the season, that was one. Because I've seen the Jags have this great defense and boom, I've seen Chicago have this great defense and they took a step back. I now see San Francisco led by this great defense. Will they take a step back. But Garoppolo could be the difference in all that. Chicago didn't have a Garoppolo. Jags didn't have a Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. So, I am not this huge, Jimmy G's going to be that mm-hmm. face of the franchise, as good looking as he is, uh, uh, the ladies would say, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not ready to go there on his game, but he's in a really good spot to be able to do it. And sometimes uh, I, so, that's what you need. So what are you saying? What are we missing? I don't know what we're missing. Yeah. I, I just, we're just not talking about him. I, I Did you see, I thought Jimmy G last year made some plays when he had to make them. Correct. But I never said to myself, San Francisco's this good because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, to me. I never found myself saying, no, that. you said that about Lamar Jackson. You I did. said that about Patrick Mahomes. You sure. always said it about Tom Brady and the Patriots or yeah. Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay. I didn't find myself saying that about San Francisco. Listen,
1: when we had Peter King down, he broke it down when the Ravens played the Patriots. You know, he talked about the Patriots last year, the best defense in the league. And to win the game, Lamar Jackson carved him apart with his arm, not his legs. Okay? So, like, that was the moment where it's like, all right, Lamar Jackson's definitely the real deal. I can't really say if Jimmy Grapple had those moments last year. And it's almost like the Ryan Tannehill effect a little bit, right? Like, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, he he led the Titans to a couple game-winning drives. And there's a reason why he got paid all his money. And there's a reason why he's now the face um, at the quarterback position for the Titans for a couple years to come. But Derrick Henry, right? But for Jimmy Grapple, but the run game for the 49ers, right? They had the best rush offense last year, and nobody could stop them. So... It is a good point, Brent. You know, like, it is like, how much is geared towards, because we always talk about, well, the offense works together. You know, the run game works with the pass game. Pass game works with the run game. But, like, what we saw last year, it was predominantly running to set up the pass. I guess what it comes down to is, if Jimmy G is indeed the guy, are you confident with him passing 40, 50 times a game? And I don't know if you can confidently say that right now, and given they have the weapons to back it up as well at wide
2: receiver and tight end. Here's who I equate Jimmy G to Fair or unfair, in my mind. And by the way, I argued for this time. At one time, five years ago, I argued for this guy to be in the elite category because of what he did. Um, and then it just didn't pan out. Okay. And that's Joe Flacco. Ah. Flacco wins the Super Bowl, has that great run. And it's like, man, how can you not put him like on the, at least the cusp of, of one of the best guys? It never, it never felt that way after. Mm. It never did. You know, and... and it kind of fizzled. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Jimmy G's in that category. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. Like, Flacco wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, he got got a little older, felt like a little slower, got a little hurt, all that stuff. Uh, maybe the last couple of years have been bad, but it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jimmy G's going to be bad. I just kind of feel like he's kind of sitting here, and you either go one way or another. You take that next step where you kind of stay or go, back. I guess you go three ways. You kind of stay or you go, uh, down. Yeah. I don't see him really dropping down and being a bad quarterback in the NFL. I just don't think I see him uh, really taking that next step. So it kind of reminds me of that, at least as of right now, that, that Joe Flacco conversation uh, from from a few years back.
1: Well, and also keep the in mind, of Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I mean, essentially out for the season back in 2018, got trained in 2017. Like he hasn't really had a, a lot to go off of in terms of a resume either. I no. mean, he's, he's still a young guy. He's, he's you know? a young in guy terms from an experience. experience standpoint. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Uh, here's a, here's a Deal uh, as we head to break. As we're talking about all these guys, this might be the greatest. Ah, great's an overused word, maybe a little strong. <laughs> Caught himself. But this, this has the chance to be the greatest generation of quarterbacks, hands down. I mean, how many would you buy right now? Look at all the names we just mentioned that you would consider buying. Yeah. As not only good but maybe even great. I think, and this goes back to a conversation I've had, uh, you know, maybe a couple months ago. I think there are a lot more teams right now in buy mode with the quarterback that they have than they are in sell mode. Mm. And that's unusual in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I feel like most teams are often in sell mode on their quarterback. (laughs) Like I don't know. You know, most teams are in the Mitchell Trubisky kind of way. Like, "Eh, yeah, he better do something, man, and save him or we're done with him. Mm I think teams have been a lot like that across the NFL. Yeah. Not right now. I mean, you look at – we just named – how many teams did we just named? We just named 16 teams, and that doesn't even count in the Tampa Bay who has Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and Russell Wilson in Seattle uh, that already love their guy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and are married to their guy. And it also doesn't count, like, the Joe Burrows of the world and the Tua's of the world that are at least going to get a few years to see if they're the guy. Sure. So, I mean – It's it's going to be tough in the next year or so to get a starting job in the NFL as a QB, whether you're young or old, because most teams kind of like what they have.
1: Well, and listen, and that goes to say just where the game of football has gone now, because back in the days, you know, of the Dan Marinos and things like that, the Steve Youngs, it was a run first league. okay, and those outliers that could pass the ball 30 to 40 times a game, they stood out because nobody was really doing that. Yeah. Nowadays, if it's pass first, you know, and ask questions later, but they always say that history repeats itself. All right. And if we look at the Ravens, if we look at the 49ers, obviously the Chiefs right now are the outlier because they're they're whatever first. I mean, they're pass first, but they can run the ball, too. But you have some of these 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 running first kind of teams, the Titans, you know, the Ravens, the 49ers, they all had success last year. okay. so it begs the question in the next five to 10 years, what is the NFL going to look like? Are we going to still see these past happy teams, these spread like offenses, or will history come full circle and we go back to the old school days of pounding the rock?
2: Yeah, I mean it is cyclical. You you never know where we go. It yeah. sure looks like from an entertainment standpoint. Oh, yeah. uh, and we're, I don't think we I don't think we got a re- entertainment doesn't win Super Bowls though, Brent. Well, but I would say this: entertainment brought baseball back in '97 with McGuire and Sosa. Yeah, and it hasn't left. The home runs just got bigger and bigger. That's a good point. So I think the scoring and the passing will only get bigger and bigger. Yeah, and the big reason this maybe we take a deeper dive on this uh, as we get a little closer about the quarterbacks. But I think one of the big big, big reasons. Is the the youth, the the young, the age that these guys start playing quarterback in the seven on sevens? Like by the time they get to college, mm-hmm. and really by the time they get to the NFL, I mean they've been slinging it now for ten years. Yeah, well, you hardly threw the ball in high school. True. 15, 20 years ago. And I also
1: make an argument for being like a, like a dual threat quarterback, a guy like that like plays multiple sports, right? Like back in the day, quarterbacks were just quarterbacks. You just played quarterback, didn't play anything else. Now guys are playing baseball, they're playing basketball, they're
2: playing various sports going to deep dive the quarterback position uh, as we get a little closer to uh, to the season. Coming up next, though, Major League Baseball draft. The number one pick could be from Jacksonville, Florida. How about that? It's next on ESPN six ninety. I think it would just be it would just be awesome
1: just to see how uh,
0: just all your work paying, all your hard work paying off. Yeah, it would, it would definitely be a special moment. But uh, yeah, not not really looking too much into it right now, but yeah it would definitely be something that'd be cool man i just at the end of the day i just want to go play ball and just whatever team is willing to invest in me and wants to be their guy then i'll be their guy
2: that is austin martin the voice of when we had him on our baseball celebration a few weeks back he was
1: was that the whole interview right there because he had like 25 people on that show
2: uh, that, it was, it wasn't much longer than that. <laughs> sure. Uh, we will actually share that interview, uh, in case you missed it later today after Austin Martin gets drafted. We'll talk a little bit about Major League Baseball draft. Very different this year, yeah. but, uh, pretty cool. Austin Martin has a chance, an outside chance of joining Chipper Jones as the only player I use from in air quotes because Chipper really isn't, but he played his high school ball here to get drafted number one overall. In the Major League Baseball draft. it's awesome. Uh, That's why we did that Jacksonville Celebration Show, is (laughs) is just to punch home how good baseball is around here, and that will show it. And and I got to be honest, I I think if you polled, you know how I do my Publix polls? Sure. We should just get that sponsored, by the way. I like that. Publix polls. Write that down, Coos. You know, my grocery store polls where if I walked in and asked 10 people, I would imagine one might know who Austin Martin is. For sure. And he's going to be the number one pick in the Major League Baseball Draft. And, and by the way, it's no disrespect to Martin. It just shows you one how many people uh come from here to play baseball and, and are are very good. Two, how nobody really cares about the Major League Baseball Draft. Yeah. And you know, I was I was going through the list of names. Like I like baseball. I like college baseball. I have not heard of seventy percent of the players yeah. that are going to be uh, you, you really have to watch the College World Series or SEC baseball to know some of the guys that are being drafted. And then there's a lot of high school kids, too, which I, obviously you wouldn't know. In fact, there's more of a chance I know some of the high school kids because we we kind of travel in that yeah. baseball circle a yep. bit. Um, so, and maybe we've put them on TV. But even from other parts of the state, there are so many Florida kids that will get drafted. Uh, but it's just amazing how different it is than the maybe the NBA or or the NFL yeah. where like we do mock drafts and you know this. I'm telling you what, if you want some inside info on the Major League Baseball draft, some of the writers that do that they really know their stuff about college baseball, high school baseball because it's just not this like a casual fan's not going to know it.
1: Sure, for sure, it's not like the NFL, obviously, or like you know like recruiting um, for high school people going to college. Austin Martin, Brent. Okay. Obviously, I wasn't here on that show on that Friday. I was in Colorado trying to have a heart attack climbing a mountain. I look at Austin Martin. I see pictures. I I see swag. All right. Yes. He's got swag as all get out. He he, He actually looks like you playing football. He wears his eye black, just like I used to wear my eye black. All right. So (laughs) we're almost kind of kindred spirits here. And let's be honest, Brent. When we're kindred spirits, I want to help you out. I want to make you, I want to try to, you know, get you the most money as possible. Now, being the first, second pick of the uh, MLB draft, yeah, that's going to be some money for you, but let's go ahead and expedite that and get some more money. Here's the thing, bro. Do you know his agent? Do you know his PR people? No. Okay. With Austin Martin? With Austin Martin, this this is a, as a prime position, as the next big face of baseball, to get that Aston Martin endorsement. Easy. Right? Can, Easy money. Can, can you see the commercials? I've uh, got an Aston Martin right here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Austin Martin. And they keep getting his name mixed up with Aston Martin. I mean, it pre- the money just prints itself. So, Austin Martin. Go ahead and, you know, listen to this episode here. If if you're not listening to it live, which you should be, probably a big day for you, though, so you're probably listening to it right now. But feel free to go back, you know, on iTunes, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. Check this part out. And I'm only going to charge you 10%, okay? I'll only charge you 10%. Hey, but, uh, we're,
2: we're this will be like, Aston Shark Tank. Martin? I just want to ride. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, that's a good point, too. Go and call your boy Josh Scobie. He's got a couple of them last time I checked. Yeah, I wonder if he sold that away, I think. Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, that's a, driving Aston Martin's. What is the world coming goal. to?
2: But isn't that crazy? Like, if he was an NFL guy, mm-hmm. you would make that correlation and it might make sense and it might happen. Yeah. It ain't happening no? in Major League Baseball. because, oh, yeah, I, I, you have to earn your. I get it. It, it get might it. happen five years from now. Correct. You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, He goes and the all-star game wins a home run derby and and gets an Aston Martin. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) But uh, seriously, it's just so different. Yeah. You know, as much as we, I mean, look how long we talk about the NFL draft. I get it. Football's big around here. Yeah. Uh, So we don't spend even a lot of time talking baseball in general Mm -hmm. on the show. But, but it is wild that uh, we don't. And just across the board, listen, back home in New England, they love the Red Sox. Yeah. They could care less who the Red Sox are taking. Care less. Yeah. they don't care because what happens is what nine. Well, I don't know if it's five out of ten, seven out of ten, whatever. Sure. That guy gets traded away anyway at some point over the next five or six years, and he's not part of your team. Or it takes like a like a Ben Gamble got drafted in 2010. I don't think he made his major league debut until he was like 2016 or 17. It takes six or seven years to get to the big. Sometimes.
1: Let me ask you this: Who was like the last? Like, you know, like the first pick, second pick, whatever, like the last first round pick where you really knew, like, there was so much hype around him that he was going to be a star right away. Like, to me, like, it's like Bryce Harper, right? Strasburg?
2: No, Strasburg's good. Strasburg, yeah. Good example. Harper, I mean, Harper was kind of like that, though, too, wasn't he? Yeah, but Harper year was uh, who we talk about with uh, Harper... Tyon Machado, also on that baseball sure. celebration we had on uh, Laddie Montgomery, who played with them on Team USA. They, they all played together. That, that class is like the class. Yeah, That's yeah. back in 2010. Yeah, Strasburg probably shortly after, I'm assuming, maybe like 12. I thought he might have been before. I'll check it out quick. Like, But even, okay, yeah. when was Trout? Uh, uh, like, I don't even remember Trout getting drafted. Yeah. You know, he probably was like a top three pick or well, something. I don't he, even well, cause know. Because he was so
1: humble even in high school. Like, nobody <laughs> yeah. knew about the guy. But, uh,
2: but that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says that Strasburg got drafted back in 2009. Oh, so he was even prior? Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It seems like, I guess, I mean, this guy's been playing now for a Tries. while. It takes a long time to get up there. So, yeah. uh, same with Trout. He was probably like an 08 guy yeah. or something. I wouldn't be surprised now. Uh, so, it, it's, it's just amazing how different it is. We're going to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball draft, what it means to Austin Martin. Uh, Colby Halter could be in the mix as well And how this year's draft's a little bit different But before we do that, uh, we'll spend a couple minutes on it In a second, we've got a couple of guys on the line uh, uh, What year was Strauss? Uh, 2011 Oh, so he was right after that
1: That was Correct. a nice little 2009 Oh, no, no, oh, no, no, no I'm sorry, it's 2009
2: Oh, Who's so drafted? same draft as Strauss Same draft what,
1: what, what number was he? Oh, Brett, you're asking a lot of me uh, It doesn't say, I can look that up though I'll do a little you deep do dive that. here yeah. And
2: uh, while we do that, we'll get South Beach Gary on the line I think he, uh, he, he, he wanted us to mention Tua, Tua, Tua Uh, In our last segment So uh, let's hear from him What's up South Beach Gary how you doing
1: Good afternoon gentlemen and Austin Martin may become one of Baltimore Orioles Who they picked number two
2: well, not only that, if he becomes a Baltimore Oriole, then he could join Austin Hayes, uh I'm, uh yeah, Austin Hayes who played for JU, is just down the road in uh, Daytona where he's from, but also DJ Stewart who's from Jacksonville and was a first-round pick and and could be in the outfield if they decide to play. They could have a right fielder, DJ Stewart, if they decide to play ball this year. Yeah. And then center fielder Austin Hayes, both kind of from the Jacksonville area and they could select with the number 2 overall pick. Yeah. Austin Martin. Nothing wrong with a couple Austins on the team. Baltimore Orioles like the Jacksonville area. Yeah. What's up, South Beach Gary? Oh,
1: we got Austin. Can, can you? Hey, hey yeah, guys, you're talking quarterbacks. How about a little up for two? I didn't hear two's name mentioned at
2: all. I, I mentioned mean, can him on we the way. he throw a ball after his hip surgery. He was kind of a footnote. Is he even going to play in 2020? Sure, he'll play. Come on. All right, let me ask you this, though. Are you as bullish on Tua? I understand you're bullish on Tua because he was picked fifth overall. <laughs> next nice question, yeah. But, uh, but are you as – could you seriously uh, – do you have this much confidence that he's going to be like the next Marino, right, the next Patrick Mahomes? That was kind of the nature of the conversation.
1: I sure hope so because you you remember Brent and the last time that they passed on an injured
0: quarterback, turned out to be Hall of Famer Drew Reese. Yes. So, uh, you you, you got to take the chance. I think uh, with his accuracy, guys, and he'll
1: be throwing to Gusecki. He'll have Breida uh, behind him and approved offensive line. Devontae Parker, he's going to have some weapons. Yeah, and he's I mean, going to have a chance. Preston Williams is probably the biggest wide receiver for them coming up this year that I'm more uh, hot on is Preston Williams.
2: And he'll have a chance to uh, to have the ball in his hands quite a bit because yeah. their defense should be a lot better. You know, defense mm-hmm. should be good. They invest a lot of money. All right, South Beach, Gary, good to hear from you, man. Thanks for jumping in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're all over the map in this segment. We're going to jump in and have uh, Steven because he's been hanging on the line as well. So let's do it. What's up, Steven? How you doing, man?
0: Hey, I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. Doing good. All right. Little correction. Rugs went to Raiders. Jerry Judy went to Broncos. Oh, my my dad,
2: Judy, yes. Was, hey. I, I get him confused. You know what? Same, uh, we, same need same need you. we need you. We need you. I uh, I was trusting Austin. It's a bad thing to do. It's my bad. All right.
0: Uh, I have a question for Brent, uh, but real quick, could I make a suggestion for a segment for uh, you guys? Sh- sure.
2: Coos uh, doesn't do a good job producing it, so we'll take all the help we can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. My uh, suggestion is I see all these videos of, and you guys in ESPN rating the 12 picks of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would really like to see a video and, or you guys possibly judge on, The undrafted free agents, possibly key players you could see making the roster or maybe possibly in the future making a difference for the franchise. Like an example would be if they trade Leonard Fournette this year, their power game is gone. But unless you looked it up, James Robinson, who they've gotten the undrafted free agency, is a power runner like Leonard Fournette. That would be my example on that. Like, who would you?
2: I I think a lot of – I will just say this, and you're right. You could Google and look up tape and watch tape and all that stuff – I think normally we would have a better idea of that, but with no OTAs and not seeing these guys out on the field at all, it's very difficult to kind of fall in love. We usually do fall in love with one of those guys or two of those guys. And absolutely. We will. Yeah. I'm always fascinated with it. Like people fall in love with them more than the draft pick sometimes. Sure. And, but, uh, it's just really hard until you see them out there, but it's a good idea. We'll probably do it. We'll probably wait until a couple of weeks into camp just because they will have a better idea of it, how they fit at this level.
1: Well, and yeah, I guess to try to get back to James Robinson's point, like – I get what you're saying. He has a lot of the features. that He's like, I think six feet, two twenty. I mean, he's a bigger size running back. But one could argue that the guy from Temple, that the guy, required, well Armstead yeah. runs that
2: same style yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they kind of already have that guy as well. And I, and they like, and they his, like Z- him a lot. They like a Zigbo too, by the yeah. way, uh, who people don't talk about because he really hasn't done that much. I think mm-hmm. he has like ten carries or something. Yeah. But they do like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like what they they see in him. Uh, all right, what else you got, man? Uh, my question for you is what me and Austin talked about last Friday when I called.
0: Uh, Since Tom Coughlin's gone, the shadow over Doug Marone is gone. What kind of coach do you want to see Doug Marone be this year? 2017, Austin said he seemed a little more disciplined, but my opinion was when Coughlin started dropping the hammer, he tried to be Gus Bradley and be more of a player's coach, and you could see the problems in 2018 and 2019 start to happen. So what kind of coach do you want to see out of Doug Marone this year?
2: All right, Stephen, appreciate it, thanks, man. I uh, you answer because I answered it kind of last week. so uh, yeah, i I think the best way to answer this in my opinion is he's got no choice right now to be anything but a player's coach. Mm-hmm. He's made his bet. That's what he he came back on. He had players go to bat for him. and in this climate, in this situation where the players need support for what they're doing off the field. Just as much as what they're doing on the field, there's no turning back. Uh, mm. I think the dangerous thing for Doug Marone would be to be this super disciplined guy. Or uh, I'm not saying discipline doesn't matter, um, but I don't think you can go to that military approach in that organization because people are gonna be like, Hey, what? Why, why did he change? Why did he flip? You know? Again, I, I think it's worth bringing up when Jack Del Rio was toward the end. I think the biggest. Uh, critique that I heard of of Del Rio was you didn't know what you were going to get. Were you, let's just take training camps, for example. Were you going to get the night practices? Were you going to get a hard camp? Were you going to get a light camp? Were Oklahoma you gonna, drill. You didn't know. Yeah. and I, That's a small example, but I think it's an example of the inconsistencies as a player, I think you want to know which guy you're playing for. It's sure. okay either guy. You don't have a say in that, but what's who am I playing for? And so I think Doug Marone, over the last year especially, maybe even beyond, has really established himself as a guy who's going to be in the player's corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to play tough, physical football, all those things. You can do that, but stylistic. Mm-hmm. You're a guy that's going to listen to players. You're a guy that's going to support the players. You're going to have their back. Um, and and that's the way he's presented himself. And and for the record, he may have presented himself that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. It just felt different in 17 because you did have a shadow uh, and it felt more of Tom Coughlin's team at that time.
1: Yeah. And, and to get back to Jack Darrell's point a little bit here where, yeah, he, he did change things around. I would say this, you know, having played a couple of years for him towards the end of his career I think that he always brought the same kind of mindset and the same kind of personality. But like you mentioned, like are you doing Oklahoma drills? Is practice going to be at night or in the daytime? Well, coaches are always trying to find that extra edge, right? Coaches are are mad scientists. They're they're always trying to find that that right formula that gives them success, right? And if they don't have a, a successful season, well, then they look upon those. But all right, we got to change this. Got to change that. Got to change that. And a lot of that can come with, you know, the practice times and things, how you set up a schedule. So um, I, I do agree with you. And with Doug Marone, obviously, he didn't have a lot of success last year. Okay, so even Doug Marone's got to be kind of that mad scientist a little bit and say, like, all right, well, the way we did it last year didn't really work. So I agree with you. He has to be the players coach. There's no going back now because the worst thing you can do for yourself on the Jacksonville Jaguars is try to be this, you know, this tough minded coach, this old school type of coach, because players will see right through that. So he's kind of dug himself in the hole a little bit. But now he just has to go about it and say, you know, what? what's the best way to be the players coach?
2: Yeah, I think uh, there is no going back. You can't change. Players see that. They don't like that. And much like coaches, they want to know what to expect out of player. I think players want to know what to expect out of coach. And uh, by now, they've, they've drawn their conclusion at who he is, especially the veterans. Now, the young guys, they don't know any better, but the veterans certainly. All right. Um, that was uh, probably a very badly run segment by me. We're all over the map. So when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the Major League Baseball draft. And then we'll get <laughs> into Aston some Martin's more football. Brent, Bring him back. Come on. We're all over the place. We've got an the hour prize. to go. We'll make it. ESPN 690. We're just trying to make it.